Hey everyone, it's Rob with Four Songs, finally back with another episode. I know it's been a few months, and well, I can't actually tell you, the next episode's coming back in a couple weeks, and you're not going to want to miss it, because it's going to be fantastic. I mean, and this one is too, so don't want to sell this one short, because this one is awesome, but you're not going to want to miss this next one either. And the best thing to do to make sure you don't miss anything is to subscribe to this podcast, however you're listening, or follow me on Twitter at Four Songs 2 that's at Four Songs number 2 and you won't miss anything, because why would you want to miss anything? Anyway, this episode, it's a bit of a sequel from when I released back in October when I featured indie rock legend Paleface and his partner slash drummer Monica Samalot, who we also call Mo. You may recall that Paleface and Mo were in the middle of their crowdfunding campaign for the newest album called Beyond the Bells. Hopefully you listened to that episode and maybe you chipped in a few bucks to help them out. If you did, then boy, you did us all a favor because this new album, Beyond the Bells, I... You know, I know I like pretty much everything I have on the show, but this is really, it's actually really cool for me because, you know, when I first talked to Paleface back in August 2020, that's how far back we go, he was just talking about an album they were going to start working on. And then, you know, there's a pandemic going on and life got in the way in other ways too. He had to go through shoulder surgery and, you know, it's interesting to have kept up with him and and Mo throughout this process, and now the new album is out. And like I said, man, it is just next level. So I'm not going to take up too much time because I've already done a lot of background on Paleface and Mo. Just in case you are listening to this for the first time, you know, if you're doing that, welcome. But where have you been? Paleface is an indie rock legend. I mean, he was back there in the late '80s, early '90s in this so-called anti-folk movement which gave us names like Beck. You've probably heard of him. Or the Flaming Lips. You've probably heard of them too. In fact, Paleface and Beck used to do open mic nights together back in New York City when it was a little little grungier than it is now. As he'll tell you in this episode, though, Beyond the Bells, it's something different entirely. It came to him in a very different way than prior records that he's done. And we're going to talk about four songs from the album, Most of My Worries Never Happen, Fight Song, Selfish Ways, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. You're going to hear lots of stuff going on in this episode because we we name check a lot of people. We talk about The Clash, Big Audio Dynamite, Wilco. But I, I kind of make some comparisons to this album, and you know they may not go over quite well the first time you hear them. But when you listen to Beyond the Bells, and you go back maybe 20 years, and which is hard to believe, you put on Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and then go to be 10, 15 years before that and listen to some Big Audio Dynamite. I kind of look at this album as being something like if Mick Jones had produced Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It might sound something like Beyond the Bells. And that's because there's a focus here, and Paleface will talk about it, on the beats, on the rhythm. Where you don't, you know, Wilco, hey, I'm not knocking them. They were my 20s, basically. They got me through my 20s. I saw Wilco with my buddy, Alex, gosh, who knows how many times, way back. I mean, we saw him on our campus in college almost 30 years ago when Wilco was just getting started. So, hey, Jeff Tweedy, much respect. But I don't know that rhythm and beats are things you would associate with Wilco as much as you would with Mick Jones and Big Audio Dynamite. And so that's where that comparison comes in. You know, it may not be completely apt. Maybe, hopefully you hear that. If not, hey, I think you're still going to like it. So... Sit back, listen in, and welcome Paleface and Mo back to Four Songs. Welcome you back to the show. This is, I think, your fourth appearance, and you have no idea how cool it is. That yeah, you have no idea how cool it is, but it means a lot to me, so thank you. 
thank cool. you. All right. Yeah. Well, so Beyond the Bells is out, and you've been – I know you've been sitting on this for a yep. while, but before we get into the specifics, I mean, how does it feel to have it out? Um, <laughs> it's it's a weird feeling because it's you know I finished it last May like the end of May I was done with it you know so for me I'm already doing other stuff so I'm just glad it's out there now and you know now we're gonna start playing it playing all those songs at shows you know? yeah it's it's good to have new songs the release it feels good it's fun <laughs> I've been learning them and stuff so yeah yeah so I know this. When was the, you know you did the crowdsourcing thing, but just doing this all through the pandemic, and I think the first time we spoke was at the height of the pandemic in August 2020 when Go Forth had come out, and you were sitting mm. on the basement floor of records, and it seemed like at that point yeah. you were already working on this one. So it, just kind of going back in time a little bit, when did you start working on Beyond the Bells? Hmm. Well, I guess the touchstone for me would probably be I had a shoulder surgery hmm. and after that i really started it took like when what year was that that was 2020s i think the shoulder surgery i'm not sure so maybe like right at the beginning of 2021 okay. that would make sense like i was healed by then where i could play hmm. so in that season you know like after christmas 2020 going into 2021 so i just started you know just fiddling around with beats and it was different because what what i would do and what i did for the last record was you know like mo and i were playing so i would i would just kind of introduce little things and she would play along and i would see how it would go but this was all stuff that I had to just imagine in my mind so I kind of wrote some very simple beats and put them in the computer and then started there so it was really just starting with these basic drum beats and kind of just wherever my brain went with that you know and it was different because then I had all this music and very few lyrics <laughs> you know like it was like, okay, this is the opposite of what I used to do, which was the song would come out and I'd have the guitar right there and it would be fully formed, you know. Uh, and, of course, the best ones, like anyone will tell you, the best ones happen very quickly. But this was completely the opposite of that. I had all this music with no anything or just a vague idea of what I wanted it to be about. I wonder if some of that came from, you said you had shoulder surgery and you probably couldn't play for a while right i couldn't play for months i was despondent it was horrible i was listening to slow dive on repeat like the most somber like uh shoegaze music sitting in a chair you know trying not to get addicted to uh, uh what is that shit they give you yeah, yeah but what is it oxy oxycontin oh god which they will give you as much as you want <laughs> so i was conscious of that yeah, so coming out of that and, and it being the pandemic, which is depressing and, the, you know, in general. So it was, to me, it seemed like a more moody record or, I don't know, that's that, when I was working on it, it seemed moodier than than normal, but I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like there's a ton going on musically. I mean, I think lyrically, I, I do think maybe we'll get into the specifics when we get to the songs, but it seems a little sparser than normal. But I mean, musically, there is just it's like a tapestry. I mean, I don't know if I call mm-hmm. it moody. I would call it. I, I mean, I think it's an inspired and inspiring album, and it's there's so much happening. I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, this is going to sound like a run-on sentence or an oxymoron, but it does feel like cohesive but abrasive at the same time. Mm. And just, like, setting the mood for that must have, I don't know, I mean, what was that like when you started recording this and you started getting all the beats down? And Well, I don't know, maybe that's just a normal thing. Like, uh, I don't really uh, read press, but Mo showed me this thing, and it, it made me laugh, and it was kind of a good characterization of the music and I, the journalist said something like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, calling, uh, it's folk music, but calling it folk music is like calling a bar fight a disagreement. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I just, you know, it was always like that. Even in the early days, like, I, I remember Danny Fields, who's my old manager, uh, he came from that world, all this, the, you know, like he managed the Stooges and the Ramones yeah. and... He was in in that world, and his buddy was Michael Olago, who was the, those are the first two people I met. And he was, like, all into hard music, and he signed Metallica. And well, there's a movie made about him called Who the Fuck Is This Guy? But Danny would say to me that he didn't want me to do that, <laughs> that he wanted me to make, like, soft music. And because of all the songs at that time I were was writing were very lyrical perhaps he was right but i just never wanted to do that i don't know why i just never i always wanted the music to have some punch mm-hmm. so i uh, you know it maybe it's just natural that's just what i what i gravitate towards you know even though i do like you know I, i'm not you know i don't listen to slayer I did back in the day, but, you know, I don't listen to that kind of music, but I do like music that has, you know, James Brown or Nirvana or, you know, Mm -hmm. music that has some punch to it. I I mean, this is going to sound like a, I don't don't know if this comparison will work because I've been trying to to place this in my head because, you know, I listened to a lot of The Clash and Big Audio Dynamite back in the 80s and then I went to like Wilco and, and... Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and I kind of felt like when I listen to this, it sounds like it's like Mick Jones from The Clash and B.A.D. had produced Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It might sound a little bit like like this album, because there's like you said, you talked about the beats a lot, and there is a bit more, to me at least, there's a bit more of a, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, there's, you know, The Clash had a bit of that soul and Big Eye Dynamite to it, and I feel like that's what was missing from that Wilco record, but here I just feel like there is this that the layers and the, the beat, and I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, Wilco. I yeah, I can see that. I love Wilco. I love uh, my favorite is um, the double album. What was that one called? I love being there. Being there, yeah, I love that record. Yeah. But yeah, Jeff Tweedy he wrote on an acoustic guitar, and you know it wasn't. It was what it was. I, I mean, it's brilliant. I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the uh, concert movie um, Live in the Northwest, Sunken Treasure, Jeff Tweedy, mm, Live in the yeah. Northwest. 
Oh, it's fantastic. That's like one of my mm. top 10 favorite concert movies, just him and a guitar, you know? You know and he's yeah. just great at that. He's just that, that he's really good at that, so. But yeah, no, it, it wasn't about the beats with him, but I don't know, you know, it's like that thing. It's just that music, you know, it just works for me. <laughs> I don't know what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, right, to me, and this album, and I, you know, I've been a fan of Eros for years, but I mean, the songs that I, I when we talk about here, most of my worries never happen, fight song, selfish ways, and the things, the more things change, the more they say the same. I mean, I just got entranced when I was listening to them again. And, the pop songs, yeah. I, it didn't work out that way. They just came out however they came out, but those seems to be the ones that, you know, playing it for different people, it seems like the managers or press people, they... Those are kind of the songs they gravitate towards. Well, we could start with the first one. Most of my worries never happen. Mm-hmm. And and it just I feel like lyrically to me, this may be about just being in a pandemic and not letting it get to you. But it sounds like you went through more than just a pandemic. You had your shoulder surgery as well. So just lyrically, like, but how did yeah, it come to you? I don't know. It's just any, you, you have these worries and... Th- I, it would just be something I would say to myself all the time, you know, just why are you worrying about that? You know, it has, it, it doesn't happen until it happens, all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know if it was Mark Twain or Walt Whitman. I stole it from uh, one of those guys had that. It was this similar quote. I couldn't, you know, I didn't like to, I was too lazy to Google it. So I just kind of came up with it on my own. Most of my worries never happened. And it just seemed to fit. You know, I mean, anybody has that feeling, uh, yeah. you know, of something something approaching and you're worrying about it or something you need to do and you don't know if you can, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety out there. Yeah, yeah that's what it is, yeah. anxiety, you know. It's yeah. like, just don't fucking get yourself into this thing because it doesn't, you know. It's not worth it. You're thinking all the, you're building scenarios in your mind of shit that, probably isn't going to happen, you know, so mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's about. I mean, I, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like the yeah. age-old thing, and then then you kind of go through it, and you're on the other side, and you're like, why the, you know, why did I waste all that time, <laughs> like, torturing myself or whatever? What I, I like about this song is I like what's going on in the background, because there's a, just a ton going on, and the part yeah. that I like the most is 
there's these like quiet fuzzy guitars that just kind of come in and out. I don't know. Oh yeah, those I see those. Yeah, that that was the regret because I had better. I had those sounding better. Those were sounds that I made up, and they're kind of. I think McCartney was talking about this. There was a point where they discovered you could put a C chord over a G chord, and it would sound it would still work. You know, so I was like experimenting with that idea of like putting the wrong chord on top of you know it's like a two chord song, and then I put like the wrong chord on top of it, hmm. and just to see what it would sound like. And some of them actually worked, you know, so I kind of messed with them a little bit and used my pedals and, and I got them to sounding pretty cool. So that, yeah, that really, that's the reason probably the song got finished. Cause I, that was my favorite part, you know, <laughs> and it like worked really well with the beat. So I was like, ah, oh, this is cool. I mean, did you just kind of hear that in your head? Just like this, this is what. Well, I just started with that for... philosophy. But I, I yeah. started with what, what you know, like what the Beatles when they came up, when they realized that they were just like, you know, he said, "Yeah, when we got a new idea, we would try it on everything." You know, mm-hmm. so they're like putting C over G and whatever, you know, like different chords over. The, oh, let's see if this one works. You know, and how does this one work? And so I just did it on that song, and and that's where it came from, you know, just that, the, just being a history geek and going, mm, yeah, okay, I'll try yeah. that too, see what happens. I mean, I wonder, like, a song like Fight Song, which, again, I, I love the way it starts. You have those voices at the very beginning, and then... That was a lead-in from the song before it, because the song before it was kind of, can you wait for the world, you know, because we're stuck mm-hmm. in this pandemic. And then I thought, well, okay, Kraut, you're back in you're back in society. So that was kind of the idea of that. Uh, you're coming out of this grim kind of like ex- where you're excluded and you're stuck in your in your house and you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go here, you can't go that, and everybody's bitching about the politics of it and whatnot. And then that was the reason to put that crowd noise in there of like, okay, now we're, you know, back in society.
Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do enjoy that song. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that made me think of, of, in a way, of Big Army Dynamite, because it just sounds like with the crowd noise and just the way it begins, and some of their more experimental songs, just they just kind of, like you said, they just threw everything they had in there and didn't always work out, but when it did, it was, to me, it was brilliant. And then when I heard this, I'm like, this reminds me of that spirit that, like, because there are people in that band who didn't know what they were, like, Don Letts never was a musician, but, yeah. um, and then... Oh, so Don Letts was me, in Big Audio Dynamite? I didn't know that. Yeah. And they did all that sampling and stuff, and so it just made me think of how this song starts and just when they kind of got into their groove, how... I don't know. It, I know it, it may not have been top of your mind, but it just made me think, this is what I kind of hear. I feel like there's that daringness that, again, just seeing, let's see this works. I, you know, for me, you know, like not to put myself down, but it's easy for me to do that because I don't have this huge expectant audience, you know, mm-hmm. of like people expecting a certain thing, you know. I think those artists are the bravest, especially if they have good music. They can also look pretty dumb if their music, if they try to change and they really don't have any good music, you know if they change something that's good that everyone likes and the new thing that they're offering is crap, then they look stupid. So I guess it is brave either way. You know, it's, you, you got to put yourself out there cause you know, I don't have a big audience, but there are people that, that are going to listen to it and I respect mm-hmm. their opinions and, you know, so I don't want to look dumb to them either. I guess, you know. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to worry about about that. But you never um, know. You never know. I didn't. I don't know. I I don't know if it's any good. You know? How do you know? You're if you're that close to it, you. It's good for you. You think you've done something good, but then, you know, next week, a week goes by, and then you're like, "This is the worst. This is horrible. What am I doing?" You know? Like this. This is terrible. I can't. I can't put this out. They're going to laugh at me, <laughs> you know. It's a weird, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I know that I'm not the only one that feels like that. Yeah, I mean, you are. You do there are times when you know something's good, but you can even convince yourself, you know, you know this thing is good that you've made, and you can still convince yourself that it's a piece of shit. I mean, I guess that is the, you know, when you're an artist like that, you you put stuff out there, and it's, up to others to judge, I guess. That's probably, to me, that that's a hard way to, I don't know. If I just they don't know if I can do it. Yeah. If they hear it, too, you know, it's it's like, I don't, you know, if 
the best judge of it, I mean, this is fantasy land, but the best judge of any music is if, let's say, uh, you know, record company X decides to put $3 million into promotion. So the music's everywhere now, you know. I don't know what the budgets are, but let's say there's a big budget for promotion. Okay, now you're going to know whether mm -hmm. that music is any good because enough people are going to hear it to make a judgment of it. Mm -hmm. And as we've all seen, anyone that's been around for more than five minutes has all seen there's music that's been hyped to the hilt and it's the biggest thing on earth, and the same thing with movies, for five minutes, and then the next year or two, nobody talks about it anymore, or they're thinking, why did I ever like that? You know, that's garbage. Yeah. So, But the music that is really good lasts. It'll yeah. keep going. Whether it has a budget or not, it's mm -hmm. going to keep going. Yeah, I, mean, I think... Well, I don't. I don't really know because I'm not. You know, that's not going to happen. So I'm not going to have that kind of. I'm not going to be able to gauge it by you know this huge section of people that hears it. Well, I mean, people are going to hear it, and people who like like me and others were. I mean, I'll be listening to this for a long, long time. I mean, I love like selfish ways. I mean, no, this, cool. This, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I keep going back to the Clash, but it, well, it's that one like, is funny because that one is very funny because. At first, it was a song about the beach. Okay. It was called Jump in the Summer Sun. <laughs> and I was trying to make it into this beach song. I was, I, I remember I was with my nephew, and I said, what do, you, what do you think of Jump in the Summer Sun? He's like, oh, perfect. But <laughs> try as I may, I could not make it into a song about the beach. <laughs> so somehow it came around to, you know, I don't know. We were talking about maybe my past and how I was at a certain time. And I just started thinking about that. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I just put it out there. I was just like, okay, yeah. here's, here's how I was. Here's yeah. what it is. I think musically it, it reminds me of in the late nineties stuff like from Joe Strummer, his solo records from the late nineties or primitive radio gods, just that the way the beat, the drumming, though I think your drumming is really stand out on is really a standout on this one. And just how it kind of builds hmm. and throughout the song and because and, like the verses are the the music is kind of sparse. It's just the drumming and the and the, the bass riff. But as the deeper the song gets, the the music gets deeper, and there's a little the acoustic guitar tickler kind of throughout, and the keyboards, the, the spacey. I don't know if those are keyboards or if those are guitar solo or, or, or 
There's keyboards in there. I, I was trying to like towards the end there where it gets, you know, it's it like that's the moment where the sun comes out, you know? Okay. Yeah. Where that keyboard just does like that high keyboard comes in and I start, uh, I'm saying I'm feeling much better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like the sun's coming up now. I'm getting, you know. Brighter and lighter. I'm out of this kind of uh, self-destructive phase or whatever. of your time tonight both of you so the last song is uh, the more things change the more they stay the same and mm-hmm. it sounds like you were watching a bunch of old movies that influenced this one yeah it, you know it's just one of those ideas I think I was in Massachusetts <laughs> of course uh, Massachusetts has different laws <laughs> and uh, I was I was with my family and I was my niece left a little <laughs> something for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little creative, uh, a boost creatively. Yeah. So I had a little puff off of that. I don't really, I normally don't smoke at all. And I just had a puff or two. I, that's all I really need. And I uh, made up that song and it just sort of worked, you know, like you get ideas off of things and it's like things are different but people are still you know I think when you're younger you think that what you're going through is is totally different you know like you're you're in a new place that no one's ever been before you know that kind of fantasy because you know and then you see you know that's not really Yes, things do change, but people are going through the same shit, you know. It's not that much different. Scenarios, you know, are the, are very similar in love and life and everything else, mm-hmm. you know.
lyrically, it reminded me a little bit of that Brian Wilson song, Love and Mercy. Do you, do you know that one? Oh, you'd have to refresh my memory yeah, on he's, that. Like he's, I think it's right that he's sitting in his, his room watching a movie on TV and all the things that, I, I can send it to you, but it just kind of reminded me a little bit because he's watching the movie and he's talking about, you know, everyone starts fighting, but then they all, it all kind of works out. Love and mercy mm. is what we need today. <laughs> mm. And, you know, there's also a Daniel, there's a Daniel Johnston song where he talks about, <laughs> this is kind of freaky, but Daniel had that sensibility of like, he's watching an old movie from like the twenties and all he can think of is that all the actors are gone. Like mm. nobody's alive anymore. Mm. I think mm. he called the song spooky. <laughs> Musically on this one, Again, there's a lot happening. You have the, the, the guitar, the, the, the backing vocals that kind of match that, the riff. And so the, how do you kind of know when you've got enough in there? And, and when do you just kind of find that balance? Just on the. I don't know. You know, you just have to trust yourself. I'm still not sure about a lot of them. It's It would be nice. It's impossible, but it would be nice to, like, just for, <laughs> like, an hour fast forward five years and listen to the record again and then go back to, you know, I don't want to fast forward five years of my life, but, mm-hmm. you know, just to hear what it would like, you know, with a different mind or something, I guess you have to wait and uh, see, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point where I'm really satisfied <laughs> that I made it exactly how you know i'll listen to you brought up brian wilson i'll i'll listen to some of those great songs and i'll just be like man <laughs> like a cut above you know some of those even like the corny songs that you wouldn't think much about like uh i'll get around or something just the yeah. way you put the voices together and everything it's just like god this is this is amazing yeah well uh, i mean to me i hear a little bit a little bit of not so much the you know, the early speech voice stuff, but just in the, like, to me, the, the symbol crash in the middle of this song, Mo, I just, because it seems like the, so, the song's kind of slowing down, then you hit that symbol, and then it just comes right back, and <laughs> just, I just love that, I just... There's just so much happening in here. And I remember, uh, yeah, if you mentioned, I think when you were doing Go Forth, that you felt like that, that was your first album since you produced it yourself. And I mean, had oh, you, yeah. I mean, it feels like in this case, to me, yeah. I mean, I'm where learning. do you write? I'm still yeah. learning. I don't, you know, I never had to think about anything like that. So it's all new. I've only been really making my own music for four, uh, I mean, four years. Yeah, that's considering that's when that record if you the demarcation for that record was june of last year so four years you know so i'm just i'm still like figuring stuff out you know in a lot of ways 
So this is your sophomore album, even though. It is. <laughs> it is. the second record. I mean, everything else was, like I said, you know, it's, it was part of a different. And then for a while, because I, I felt like I had lost my vibe, we didn't, we didn't release anything. For a while, yeah. I just, I was making demos with friends and, you know, it was like. Just never close, that. but nothing that would. There was just no reason to release any of it, you know. Didn't. I thought I had already made some records that were questionable, and it was like, I, I'm just not going to keep doing this. And and then it was really, you know, bite the bullet. You got to learn how to do it yourself because you have too many ideas. Really, that's really what it was. I had too many ideas, and nobody had enough time to get me. There just wasn't enough time in the day. So I had to do it myself. And that, so that's why it's a new phase, really, for me. Totally different. Totally different. Mm. You know? I mean, yeah. Beck was doing it. Beck was doing it. He's been doing it for a while, you know? Um, and a lot of the people I was listening to were doing it. You know, Kevin Parker or Beck or Flaming Lips or, you know, mm -hmm. these people that were washed out, you know, Grimes, whatever. They're all artists. They're all making the music themselves. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why aren't I doing that? You know, mm. I'm not saying I'm in the league with all those people, but if those are the people I'm listening to, what the hell am I doing? You know, mm. I should be doing it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, to me, this, this album is, it's a love next level. I mean, I just think it's fantastic. So, I mean, how's, sorry. Yeah, so how can people get it? I mean, I know it's still pre-order. I mean, it's out now, right? People can get it on your website. Yeah, it's out now. So uh, if you go to our website, palephaseonline.com, you can order it on our – you can buy the vinyl, the CD. Uh, we still have some bundles, like a vinyl bundle that comes with an art booklet that features paintings by Paleface. And then, of course, there's a bunch of streaming links on our website. You can listen, it, you can listen to it everywhere, mm -hmm. like Spotify, Apple Music, just – Search for Beyond the Belt or go to our website and click on the link. Uh, yeah, pelfaisonline.com. All right. And so you're back on tour? Yeah, we're touring. we got a bunch of shows coming up. And I keep, you know, we keep booking and adding shows little by little. We're right now playing mostly in the southeast. And now we're starting to book some more Midwest shows and hopefully getting more northeast. But... We're just getting back in, into We're the We're doing tour. what we can. You yeah. Know? I mean, we do everything yeah. ourselves. So it's, you know, the, yeah. you, you do what you can do. And, you know, yeah. with a small, it's just a, a team of two. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both for your, your time. Yeah. Thank you. Again. Thank you for yeah. interviewing. You know, thanks for helping us spread the word. Well, I want to thank again PF and Mo for joining me and you for listening. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did doing that one because that one was just a thrill. It's not every day you get to name check Brian Wilson, Mick Jones, Jeff Tweedy, the Fleming Lipson back in one episode. And so that's pretty cool. Anyway, check them out, palefaceonline.com. Find them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and keep up with them. Go get that new record. It is dynamite. So anyway, thanks again. Stay tuned. I got a new one coming right around the corner. So buckle up. Thank you.